ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The Greens have accused employers of threatening women, parents and carers in the workplace amid a heated response to the latest tranche of industrial relations changes. Labor's third round of changes passed Parliament with amendments from the Greens and Independents last week and they include a new rights for workers to avoid calls and emails outside of hours, essentially that they aren't punished if they choose to ignore their bosses who are contacting them when they've already finished work. Employers are warning firms will now reduce flexibility for staff as a consequence, a claim the Green Senator Barbara Pocock has called appalling. I've been around industrial relations a long time, Patricia, and I've heard, you know, the sky's going to fall a lot of times, but this is really, you know, one one for the ages. You'll lose your flexibility if you're not available 24-7. It is a complete misstatement of what this you- change does. That's the Green Senator Barbara Pocock, who spoke to us yesterday. Andrew McKellar is the Chief Executive of the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry. It's one of the business groups worried about these changes. Andrew, welcome. Uh, Good morning, Patricia. These laws come into effect in six months. What impact do you think they will have on workplaces? Well, that does remain to be seen. Um, And I I did listen to uh, Senator Pocock uh, yesterday on your program, and I I was interested to hear, I think, you know, a couple of the examples uh, that she she gave in terms of where this might have an impact. Uh, I think she talked about a nurse been contacted six or seven times on the weekend. Uh, she mentioned teachers. She mentioned a number of other professions. And, you know, what it sounded like uh, in a number of those cases, uh, th- these are predominantly uh, areas of um, public sector employment. So I think it really remains to be seen whether the target in this is going to be business. Um, for m- many businesses, most businesses, of course, um, they are able to arrive at a very sensible, mature uh, arrangement uh, with their employees uh, and, you know, there's a very clear understanding. So we have to see in practice uh, what it means, uh, but it is a heavy-handed approach and I think that is the thing that um, concerns uh, many businesses and compliance now is going to be one of the big issues. We're we're left picking up the pieces, um, the legislation's passed the parliament and our focus now is uh, obviously we've got to spend time, many businesses have got to spend time making sure that they are putting the systems in place, that they're going to comply with the law. And, of course, uh, that does take up time and resources. So I don't think that can be uh, brushed aside uh, as perhaps the Greens are trying to do. Why would employers cut flexibility for staff if they've made an arrangement like that? Like the example of um, a working mother who leaves early some days to pick up her children from school or, or after school care and then clocks on later... Why would that change? That's already an arrangement that's been struck, right? Well, th- those are the things that uh, many employees are, are looking for. And, of course, uh, many um, many employers are very happy to uh, you know, provide those uh, sorts of uh, arrangements. So I think the concern here is we've got a new uh, heavy-handed piece of legislation. Um, it remains to be seen how the Commission will interpret uh, what is reasonable. Uh, and what isn't. Uh, And obviously that is going to come down to individual cases. So until we see how the case law develops uh, in this area, how the Commission begins to interpret it, then I think there is a level of uncertainty about just uh, how that is going to work in practice. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, We can't have a situation where people are wanting to have that flexibility, you know, to come into the office uh, later uh, or to go earlier. Uh, but then the expectation being that you will 
um, connect again at a at another time, at a later time, uh, and that the work will get done. Um, uh, you, you can't have a situation where then that is uh, thrown back in the employer's face. Well, that's that's. Uh, I think most people would agree with that if that was the arrangement. That's the point that the senator was making that it won't be thrown back into an employer's face because the deal would have been done. That that is the flexible arrangement. So, where's the evidence that there's any threat to that? Well, I think here, you know, the, the greatest risk here, uh, frankly, will be you know how how this uh, is plays out. You know when. Uh, situations uh, get more difficult when you know when there is a an expectation by the worker or by sorry by the employer saying uh, look uh, expectations are not being met you're not honouring the deal uh, we need to go back to a more structured uh, arrangement and then what we don't want to see is this sort of so-called uh, right um, being misused and being used vexatiously that was something that Senator David Pocock. Uh, uh, highlighted uh, last week. Uh, we don't want to see this being becoming a source of disputation uh, or litigation um, in workplace disputes. A survey by the Australian Human Resources Institute found more than 40% of business already have a right to disconnect and almost 90% of them think it's it's working well. Is the reality this won't actually do much at all because it's already sort of happening in many workplaces? Well, I, and I, I think that's precisely right. I mean, so that is the way to do it. And rather than coming in with this sort of heavy-handed legislation, I mean, we've seen uh, that this was uh, stuffed up uh, in the introduction. Uh, at the moment, you know, technically, uh, if you breach uh, one of these right to disconnect uh, orders, if you contravene that, it's actually a criminal offence. Now, you know, we can we can have the excuses uh, from the government that that was unintentional, that they're going to fix it. Um, you know, frankly, that's up there with the uh, you know the dog ate my homework uh, you know as a as an excuse. Um, you know th- this was something that was rushed through. It wasn't thought out well, uh, and how it works in practice uh, really remains to be seen. The coalition is vowing to repeal these changes. Which parts would you like them to prioritise scrapping? Well, there's been a lot of focus uh, on right to disconnect, but uh, you know I would say that that is actually not the worst part of the bill. Um, there are other uh, areas. Uh, so, for example, uh, intractable bargaining. You know, the changes there. Again, this is a Greens amendment. Uh, this provides a, a completely perverse uh, uh, incentive to keep disputes going, keep them going for nine months, uh, get to the point where it's intractable. Uh, you then have to go into an arbitration process in the commission uh, and the union in those circumstances uh, can't lose. Uh, clause by clause, uh, the outcome has to be uh, reviewed um, and they can't go backwards. So for some of those uh, radical militant unions, um, you know, that is going to run the risk that we'll end up seeing much more uh, protect, pr- protracted uh, disputation uh, in some of those uh, circumstances. So that's an area. Uh, we do have concerns about the impact on casual employment. We do have concerns about what was done in December last year on labour hire. Uh, and we do have concerns now on the impact on independent contracting um, and so-called employee-like arrangements, uh, which also passed uh, this week. So, you know, I think there's a broad range of areas, um, many of them actually probably much more risky than this uh, whole issue of uh, right to disconnect. Last year, when the first tranche of laws were passed, there were, and there was, of course, the multi-employer bargaining part of the deal. There was a view that it would lead to sort of potential wage breakouts and so forth. It hasn't, has it? Well, we're just starting to see uh, some of those claims uh, now coming through. 
Um, so the, the, the law in that uh, area hasn't been in place uh, for very long. Uh, but I think here, you know, one of the issues is, you know, there was a push to legislate again. There was a, an assertion that this was an area that was essential, that we needed to have uh, in place in order to, uh, you know, um, give heed to uh, some of these, uh, you know, um, areas where there were wage uh, demands. Uh, we're only just starting to see the first test cases coming through. So I think it's too early to pre predict how that will be. Uh, but only only yesterday I was on the phone um, talking to uh, some businesses uh, in Queensland and in Tasmania, uh, medium-sized uh, food manufacturing and distribution businesses, and they are struggling uh, with higher wage claims. That's one of the sources of uh, increased costs for them. Um, flowing out of the uh, the National Wage Review last year. They're struggling with higher energy prices. They're struggling with the impact of, uh, of uh, tax uh, rises, including payroll yep. tax. So these are the practical issues that businesses are grappling with. At the moment. And Andrew, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. Andrew McKellar, Chief Executive of the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.